Welcome back to the Micro Advice Podcast. Today, we are here with John Triggs, Head of Customer Success at Fluent Technology in Belfast, Ireland. In addition to being a top 100 CS influencer, John publishes a weekly newsletter and also hosts a podcast called Customer Uplift. And I highly recommend subscribing to both because you will learn a lot. I do and read them and listen regularly. John, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. And thank you very much for the kind words about, about the Customer Uplift newsletter and podcast. Um, much appreciated. It's something I do as a, a hobby or a side project or, or a little bit of way of just giving back to the customer success community. So it's great to hear that you know, you're enjoying reading it. You get something out of it. I think, I think that's wonderful. It's good to hear. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. And I'm sure others will as well. Hey, John, so I want to talk with you a little bit about your experience today on building CS teams to handle tough customer situations. And by that, I'm referring to your frustrated customers, maybe those that are simply expecting 100% dedication from a CSM, uh, whether or not they're paying for that level of service. So I'd imagine in your 15 or so years of experience, you've run across a tough customer or two, as we all have. And I'm hoping we can draw a little bit on your experiences uh, in some of the leading practices on how you manage these situations. So first off, in the software world, we know software is never perfect. And oftentimes, customers experience a bit of issues or technical debt at first. So with that in the journey, if you know or perceive it might be a little difficult upfront, how do you still start off on the right foot? and make sure you're providing a great experience? I think that's a great question. First of all, I kind of cap that by kind of saying, you're talking about sort of leading best practices. I think everyone approaches everything slightly differently, right? So what works for me and for my team and my organization, there may be some takeaways for other people. It may be that they do things slightly differently to, to work with their own sort of set of customers and their own set of circumstances. But I think for me, really, it's all about you know, it's the fundamentals. So for me, honesty is 100%. It's just the, the best policy. So we're getting less and less of this now, but we do kind of get this uh, occasionally where customers have kind of been given the big sell during the sales process and they come through and they've maybe got expectations that need to be realigned and slightly more grounded in the reality of what the product can do and, and where they're actually going to go with the product moving forward. So really for me, like one of the big things we do is kind of I guess handover process from 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 sales to us is actually understand well what have they been told what are they expecting what what do they really think is going to be happening here and then just really kind of try and set those expectations properly so we try and ground them in reality we kind of look at identifying what it is they're trying to do within the constraints and possibilities of the product and really just try and set them on the right path from 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 the outset so really once we've done that we've kind of got to this phase of um, like I said, identifying where they're going to go and what they're going to do with that. We just agree like a mutually beneficial plan. We look at goals, we look at their outcomes, what they're looking to achieve, all that kind of usual stuff. And really the, the key for me is just, like I said, it's honesty, but it's also regular contact. So not only are we just kind of have an initial call and going, this is what we're going to do, this is how it's going to work and leave it. It's all about following up. It's all about keeping that momentum going and pushing people in the direction of travel that we want them to go in. And, and to be honest, most customers, you know, even if they start off as being frustrated or, or irate or, or angry in some way, once you start helping them, once you start demonstrating value and actually proving that you're listening and you're there to kind of work with them, you know, usually they can value that and they can kind of get a, you know, a sense of where you're coming from. And usually that can help to sort of smooth out the, the path. That's a lot of what we do. But it seems like it boils down to that ongoing communication 
whether it be mm-hmm. good or bad or indifferent, it's just maintaining that that open line of you know transparency, communication, and that it, it joint is, and, and group. It is, and it's that it's that transparency, mm-hmm. it's that honesty, and, and just integrity with it, and say, look, this is what you can do. This is what we can offer you. This is where we can go with it. This is you know where we think you should go with it based on what you're looking to do, and you know invariably that that tends to do the trick. That's great. Now, thank you for that. And I know that many of us have had that situation before. So it's nice to hear some of the affirmations that this ongoing path is used <laughs> regularly. That's it. I think, uh, yeah, there's one of those things, isn't there, where everybody does things differently, but sometimes right. there's just uh, the, the same people are experiencing a lot of the same stuff as well. So there's, there's a balance between the two. Hey, John, so let's assume that something breaks for the customer. So works fine at first, something breaks, whether it be the tech, a process, maybe a poor support call, and a previously happy customer suddenly has a very bad experience. Perhaps they even call up the CSM angry and frustrated. How do you turn around these situations or how would you advise somebody to turn around this situation? It's, it's, it happens uh, more often than I'd like to admit. Sometimes you do, you do end up in, in conversations with people who they've, they've had some kind of experience that's, that's maybe not met the standards they're expecting for whatever reason. And, and where those expectations come from is, is, a, is always a topic for discussion. But I think what I tend to do is just listen. That's the first thing I do is just going to go, what is it that's wrong for you? What, what, where have we fallen down? What is it that's actually happening here? And then, you know, from there we can kind of go, you know what, is this something we've done or is this something you've built up your own set of expectations that we were never going to be able to achieve? And we kind of unpick essentially where they're coming from and what that cause of frustration or or anger or, or, uh, you know, kind of poor experience is. And then really just put kind of put them in their, put myself in their shoes, um, really kind of think, well, what is the impact of this for them? So, you know, if, if something's gone wrong for them and, you know, they're obviously frustrated and, and and all the rest of it about it. What? Why are they so frustrated? What's the root cause of a the frustration, but also them not achieving what they're setting out to? What does that mean for them and their organisation? And just try and understand it kind of as holistically as possible. And then really just repeating back what you're hearing, right? So if someone's telling you something, you go right. So you're telling me X, Y, Z, and so they feel listened to, they feel heard, they feel understood, and quite often that can straight away kind of diffuse quite sort of difficult situations. Um, so when, once you kind of get into that stage where they're acknowledging what you're repeating back to them, they're like, yes, yes, Jim, absolutely. You, you've got it in one. That's what I'm talking about. Then from there, we can kind of put in a bit of a, a plan of action. And again, it kind of feeds back into what I was saying before. It's about keeping communication. It's keep following up, keep working through until you know the customer is in a, in a good position with it. So, so really, I don't, I'm not sure there's any kind of, uh, you know, huge revelations in that. It's sometimes you have to kind of take these awkward awkward calls or awkward conversations and kind of just sit there, listen, work out what's actually gone wrong mm-hmm. and then try and come up with a way to, to fix it or move forward in a sensible direction. So truly an empathetic approach, understanding where they're coming from and then helping to fix it. I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely empathize, try and understand where they're coming from, Dep- depending on what it is. Sometimes, sometimes sort of apologizing can feel a little bit false or misleading it's mm-hmm. a little bit of, okay i understand that's happened me of my control but what i can do is try and help you move forward in the right direction that, um, that so it's about kind of taking taking on that understanding and kind of going right now i know the problem what can we do <laughs> kind of almost don't mind what's happened before it's now about what are the next steps for me to help you 
That's a very good point. I, you know, that reminds me of a story. So I feel like there are times when it's appropriate to apologize and other times when it's appropriate to understand where the customer is coming from. I, I once had a, a call to a, a contact center uh, years back. And I remember the person just kept apologizing no matter what, anything I said, Oh, I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry about that. I'm like, okay. So it was 12 times you apologize. I, I it's okay. Now we need to fix it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is, this is it. Exactly. Yeah. I think you do I, run that risk of going through that reading, uh, you know, reading through a, a sales script or a, or a call center yeah. script and going, Oh yeah, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm really, that, that, it, it feels false. It feels disingenuous. Whereas actually right. what people want to do is feel understood and heard and actually like you're saying have a have a kind of a a, a way of helping and moving that's forward. right it's it's almost like uh you know the apology is kind of inconsequential at that, at that stage john let's now turn our attention to the type of situations where a customer may demand a lot of a csm and i know many csms have a wide portfolio of customers sometimes we run across the one or two that really just demands 100% of your time, no matter what, what mm-hmm. level of service they're paying for. How do you help a CSM manage those expectations and still deliver a good customer experience while ensuring they're not detracting from their other customers all for the sake of one? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's always a challenge trying to get the right balance of working with customers and providing value and keeping them, you know, satisfied with what you're doing versus actually, like you said, trying to look after your whole portfolio of customers and actually give everyone the, the, the care and attention they need. Um, really for us, what I found tends to work quite well is we have like quite a, a nicely defined transition between the sort of implementation phase that they're in versus the business as usual phase that we're in. And so what we do at that stage is we can actually go through the process of basically drawing a line under that where we've kind of gone right you're going through implementation which is a very very hands-on process there's a there's a lot of communication and hand-holding and training and you know consulting and all that kind of good stuff and then we kind of draw that to a close essentially we wrap that up with a with a snagging list of right these are these are the issues you still think you're facing these are the things we still think we can help you with uh and we just have a, a quite a well-defined sort of meeting structure where we'll go through and we'll kind of say right we're now moving out of the implementation phase. We're moving into this business as usual phase. Um, and so what that means then is we're kind of putting together a, a bit of an outline of the plan for the upcoming few months or, or the upcoming rest of the year in, in a lot of cases. And so we'll talk about, well, when we're actually going to, you know, proactively reach out and and contact you and, and what that's going to look like and why we're going to do that. And then we're also going to sort of, you know, obviously keep it friendly, um, but we're going to just use it as a bit of a, a restart opportunity to have that more clean break between this mentality of always on, hands on, lots of backwards and forwards communication versus actually, you know what, you're not going to hear from us every day or every week. There are going to be phases where you're on your own and you need to take a little bit of ownership of the product and of the system and actually get to grips with it yourself with our help and support and resources and all the rest of it. But there's there's a little bit of, of it is on you. Um and so that's that's one way that's worked quite well for us. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes we still have customers that, you know, even further down the line still, you know, have have this kind of craving for, for engagement and help. And sometimes it's a confidence thing. So what we can do is we can kind of reach out to them and say, you know what, 
it looks like you're struggling a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, why that is. What What is that? Do you need more training? Is the system not configured for what you're actually trying to do? Are you trying to do stuff yourself that you're not clear on how to do? Where, where is it? What's where, Where's this kind of constant need for contact coming from? And then really we can kind of get our heads together with them and then work out a way forward to kind of help them with that. So again, it comes down to these kind of defined little plans of action, adding some timelines to it and sort of setting some expectations and constraints around that. So it's not going to be a case of we're going to be, you know, on call 24-7 to work with you over all of this stuff. Quite often we'll kind of work through a list of assumptions and a list of defining responsibilities for each kind of area or each kind of um, task or each kind of activity to kind of go, you know what, it's not all in us. We'll help you. We'll point you in the right direction. But some of this stuff is down to you and we'll guide you and move you in that direction. So really that gives us the opportunity then to kind of try and get people back into that kind of business as usual kind of phase without the, uh, you know, close, intense handholding that, that can happen if we're not careful. It, it all boils down to the plan, right? And sticking mm-hmm. to the plan and communicating the plan back to the customer of here, here's exactly what you're going to get. Here's what I'm going to do, what yeah. we're going to help with. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if it steps outside of that, then we need to reassess, is the plan right? Do we need to ad- uh, adopt the plan and maybe come up with another course of action? So it is, and and it, it really depends. It's it's very much on a case by case basis. It's 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 almost something you have to do. It's a bit of a gut feel. You're like, mm, right. the the numbers are telling us they're you know we're spending a bit too much time with them. Maybe there's something not quite right here. Let's have a call. Let's chat this through and discuss. So it's not like there's an immediate red flag that says, exactly. oh my goodness, these people they need to go into X Y Z process because this is what's happening. It's it's more of a gut feel thing, and it's something that is happening less and less but it does still happen invariably from time to time and it's all down to personalities there's only so much process you can you can do to drive that and sometimes it's just people are people right that's right <laughs> every time every, every case is unique <laughs> john this is something that uh, i've always been curious about getting someone else's opinion on and I, i'm hoping that you're willing to talk about it so as a younger CSM or maybe a CSM who's newer to an industry or a type of technology, how do they handle customers who maybe have been in that industry for a long time and want to be the expert in the room when the CSM needs to offer that sort of of behavior, but may not be? I thought about this and I sort of tried to think about, you know, some of the ways we could do that because the the sector in the industry I work in, there are people who are stalwarts of the industry and they've they've been in it and they've used either our product or competing products for a long, long time and they're they're just sort of very well established and and they know the industry and the sector inside out. So I think there's a there's a few different approaches that that we've sort of taken previously. So I'll just try and go through them and try and sort of gather my thoughts on them as we go. So I think one of the key things I always get everyone to do is to try and gather a bit of intelligence. Just gather a bit of intel and kind of go, well, let's speak to other people in my organization who've dealt with them previously what have they learned how have how have they interacted with them you know what kind of lessons have they got and if they get the opportunity actually sit in and listen and start to join in on some of those discussions before they kind of get let loose on their own and then go away and do some independent research as well maybe um you know go and go and connect with them on linkedin go and read some of the articles they've written or go and find out some news that they've featured in that kind of a thing to get that sort of background information, that kind of um, understanding of who they are and where they're coming from um, as much as possible. One of the things you can do is obviously respect their experience, 
but you know go through and 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 you know don't be too daunted by that start to start demonstrating value so i think one of the, one of the easiest things that pretty much anyone can do is if you say you're going to do something just go and do it so jim i'm going to email you next week and um i'm going to give you that uh fact sheet i was talking about on the call that's all we got to do and then you'll come back to me and go, thanks very much. That's great. Much appreciated. And you just start to build a little bit of a rapport and you, you, you're kind of just building your own kind of reputation and respect for, for doing what you're doing and uh, just doing it well. And I think as well, kind of outside of that, you can use it as an opportunity to learn. Um, so with, with all these things, with all calls, with all emails, communication, whatever, there, there's always that kind of that downtime for sort of small talk and discussion where you're not just deep in the in in the sort of business focus so you know you you can use that and you can talk about little moments you can kind of say well i read about this what, what are your thoughts on that how did you how did you take that bit of news or you know what well, i'm trying to find out more about this if you've got any recommendations for books or areas or you know so you can actually use their knowledge to your advantage to try and sort of level up and and gain some new new skills and, and insights that way so i think most people especially if they're quite sort of far along in their industry they'll be quite happy to share a little bit of knowledge and quite happy to give a little something back. And if someone's showing some genuine interest, I think that's, that's a good way to kind of leverage it and uh, make the most of it. Yeah, that is an excellent point. I love that. It's using that knowledge to your advantage to learn and, and admit almost that, Hey, I don't have all the answers with this. Help me, help me understand better from your vast experience. That is a great piece of advice right there. John. I love it. If there's, if there's one takeaway from 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 this podcast, then that then that's it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are many, there are many takeaways. <laughs> so, what are some ways that CSMs can manage expectations right from the start? And you touched on this a little bit in the previous question, but if you could focus more on the you know, how, how to really start off that relationship on the best foot and offer that experience based on the customer's needs right at first. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think, you know, we obviously we talked about things like listening and being transparent and honesty, all that kind of stuff. That's great. And all those things still apply. But I think one of the, the big things we've got to do, and I think everyone can get better at this, no one is an, an expert in this, but it's learning to say no. So, you know, there's there's always a temptation to try and go, you know, above and beyond for every customer, every single possible opportunity. Whereas actually that it kind of sets a false expectation for the customer, but also, you know what, just because the customer wants something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. So actually you've kind of got to take a step back and look at what they're requesting, look at what they're asking, prioritize it and go, yeah, actually, you know what, there's some uh, should haves, could haves, must haves, and you know what, work through those. But then there's some things where you're like, well, that's a, uh, that, that's a, a should have for you guys. But actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say we don't do that very well or that's not something that's going to help you with the product or it's not something that's going to actually help you achieve your outcomes. Think again. And it's actually about being quite quite clear and quite direct and actually um, using your own um, understanding of the product and the project process and all the rest of it to actually guide them in the direction you want to go. You've got a set of best practices and standards that you want them to go down rather than the customer trying to sort of, uh, you know, shoehorn everything to um, get their own way. Because what we found, um, and this this may be the same with everybody else, but what we found is if we're not careful and we don't go down this process of saying no and being quite really quite clear and, and strict on, on where we're taking a customer, we can find customers essentially want to build their old system inside our system. 
And so you kind of get this get this thing where they're not going through that change process. They're not adapting to what's what's been put in front of them. They're just kind of going, well, the old thing was fine. And actually, I, I can't really wrap my head around going after something new. So for us, the, the big thing is learning to say no. And that can actually be a really powerful, positive thing, um, as, as well as a, you know, a negative thing when it's not used correctly. But when done properly, saying no can actually have really kind of positive outcomes for the customer. That's gold advice. Most notably where you talked about the change management piece of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. As somebody who's practiced change management for many years, <laughs> I, I do realize that it, it is important where you do have to say no at times because they're not going to go through the change curve appropriately yeah, uh, unless they're guided. So you're, you're mm -hmm, basically mm -hmm. shepherding them through this journey. And part of it is, like you had mentioned, not necessarily taking their processes and applying them to your product or service. Yeah. John, one last question, if I may, and this has been great. I really wanna say this is really solid advice. So I would love to hear from your perspective, what's the hardest situation that you've ever had in your career and how did you handle it? That's a wonderful question. Um, <laughs> the, the one that springs to mind sort of relatively recently, probably within the last 18, 24 months, something like that. We we had a customer who they had a change of sort of stakeholders on their side. So all the people who brought in the system, they were gone. And then we had new people their side who basically inherited this system. They didn't know anything about it. They didn't know what they were doing with it. And uh, it became a bit of a struggle for them. And so that struggle led to obviously frustration. And that, you know, going back to some of your previous questions about um, irate phone calls and disgruntled customers, it was all those things and more. Um, and so I had, I had to sort of exercise a lot of those techniques we've already talked about. Um, and I got into this cycle of working with this customer, going through all these things, coming up with action plans, checklists, phone calls, diffusing situations, all that sort of stuff, every two weeks for a year to get them from at risk, about to churn, into by the end of it, I got, I got them in a, in a fantastic place. Um, they because I sort of took the time to listen to them, work through all their initial issues and actually get to the phase where we'd built up quite a good rapport. We started talking about, well, what's next for you? Where are you going with this? What's, it, what are your, what's your organization doing? What's your big plans for the future? And, you know, I kind of got them in a, into a place where I end up 7Xing their annual spend with us. So it took them from a, you know, quite a sort of a, 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 a sort of a mid-tier category right up into sort of the enterprise category. Um, added on a load of additional services, licenses, all this kind of stuff, and got them in a really, really spot now where they're a um, kind of a key referrer for us in that in that niche or that kind of sector. Um, but that just took, you have to just roll your sleeves up sometimes and be prepared to get uh, what I call an ear bashing. You know, be prepared to have uh, the difficult phone calls and the difficult conversations and sometimes take a few things on the chin. But actually, once you can get over that and you can actually find out you know, what's the cause of their frustration, work out a plan to help them. And then actually, once you've done that, they sort of learn to trust you and you gain that report. And then you can go, well, what's next? What extra value can we add? Now we've got the basic stuff out of the way. Where can we take this? And if you're prepared to stick it out and I won't lie, it was very hard. It was very tough. And, and if she's listening, she'll probably uh, laugh because we get on quite well now. But at the time, a lot of those phone calls were very, very tough. But if you can do that, you can get your customers in a really, really good place as long as they're willing to adapt and evolve and actually take on board what you're saying. But it works out well for them. It's worked out well for, for us as an organization. 
but it was a challenge. It was definitely tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, I can relate. <laughs> <I've been. laughs> John, that's a great story. John, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. The, there are some amazing tips in here, and I, I hope this one truly gets widely distributed because a lot of folks can benefit at all, all ranges of the organization. So thank you. You're very welcome, Jim. I'm uh, honored you invited me on to, to come and have a chat with you. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed there's some some value and, and people have, uh, you know, a few takeaways from this, hopefully. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening. If you want to contact John or myself, I will add our contact information in the blocks below. Uh, if you like this episode, please continue listening, listen over and over again, and follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Thanks again. Have a great week. Bye-bye.